1: What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer uh, and Tim Hyde live with this week's Notre Dame football show here on YouTube. Hope everyone is well. We have a lot to talk about in tonight's show. Um, yeah, and we might have a special guest here, which is not a surprise. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna Mike Goolsby here um, in just a few moments. Tim, how's your week going?
2: Oh, all's going good. Ready for the big USC game. Um... Last week, I guess, didn't happen, so we'll just move on. And then our special guest, people probably, it's been a long time, but Mike Goolsby is one of what, roughly, give or take a few guys, I'm trying to figure out, maybe 100, 120, let's just say, maybe 130 scholarship football players. No, no, geez Louise, Pete Carroll wasn't there. So Goolsby is only one of 85 Notre Dame football players that ever beat Pete Carroll. I was thinking about that earlier. I forgot. Yeah. Pete wasn't there until 2001. So how's that? How's that the hype up Goolsby before he comes on with uh, the big win in 2001? Yeah. We don't talk about O2. Hold on. Yeah. Mike knows we don't ever talk about the O2 game. So. So, yeah. Like any Davis says, folks,
1: please hit that thumbs up button. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course. So. When Tim and I do our post game show, Tim, why don't you tell the people just really, really fast?
2: Yeah,
1: how much prep we do before <laughs> the pre game show, post game show? Oh, like are you we ready, know. Tim?
2: Yeah, I are mean, you ready, yeah, Tim? Tim, Tim, Tim
1: you get ready? your ass on the show because yeah. <laughs> we the super chats describe the show. Super chats like the Goolsby show on Sundays. We just we just we just talk about the Wednesday show. I do prep a little bit more because. Like I want to have the most engaging topics for a midweek show to keep people engaged on a Wednesday night, right? Yes. For tonight's show, I don't have to do shit. Yeah, I mean, man. I got Mike Goolsby, I got Tim Hyde. I just kind of got to kick back, uh, have a have a, have a drink, which is just a, a fancy water, um, and uh, and let these two talk ball and just uh, make sure they don't run too too long tonight because uh, <laughs> I still got more work to do tonight. Goolsby, how you doing, my friend?
0: I'm good. And Tim, let's go back to one Yes. Playing at the Coliseum for 20 bucks. Can you recall the name of USC's tailback in one Well, one was South Bend. That was the win over Pete Carroll. Oh, it was
2: 2,000
0: we beat him at the Coliseum. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Petros Papadakis. No, it
0: was Sunny Bird. Remember the name? Oh, Sunny oh my Bird? god.
2: Okay. It was a South Bay guy. I went I went to Redondo Ohio. So I'm a, Sunny Birds from our rival school, Maricosta, down the street. Yeah, I, I remember
0: after that game, and this Sunny there Bird. might be a cor- might be a corollary to this week's matchup, Tim. After that game, yeah. the coaches were butt naked celebrating. I mean, if you saw a disco ball drop from, like, the shower, I mean, it was a party in there. It's my whole point. One of he ran the ball 18 straight times to end that game. Yes. And it was, like, with the Steve Adazios, the Kevin Rogers, the Bob yeah. Davey, like, they really embraced that running game, which was kind of led into that celebration. But, yeah, good times. Been a while.
2: No, yeah, 2000 was one of the rare 12-30 kickoffs, because majority of these games are prime time, so that was an afternooner, and. God, Sunny Bird. Sonny Bird. Yeah, Sonny Bird played for Don Mora, one of the best coaches in the South Bay history at Maricosta. Yeah, that's a name I haven't heard
0: in 20 years. Man. You're welcome. You're Love welcome. That. I thought you might be able to pluck that one out of your – I'm going to text one out. of my Maricosta buddies. Yeah, they're going to remember that one.
1: Hey, Tim, so Notre Dame drops to 5-2, and two, losing Ooh. to Louisville. Just, I mean, can we call it a blowout? I mean, I, I will call it a blowout. I mean, Notre Dame had – I mean, Louisville kicked the crap out of Notre Dame. Let's just call it what it is. How are you feeling, Tim? Five days was four days after the fact. Like, how do you like?
2: How, how's oh, your we, body right now taking this loss? For oh, crazy? I'm fine. I'm you know, my I'm not on film. Those uh, those aren't um, that's not my performance, as they say. So I'm um, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm hanging out down in the basement watching ball games, breaking it down, texting with Goolsby. I'm fine. It's like hey. You know, my name's not on that, I guess, so to speak. All right. Well, then how but do you fans, Mike. How's that? Yeah, but how is the <laughs> Notre Dame fan in oh, you? Just PO'd, pissed. How's that? Like, ridiculous. Um, sloppy. You know, that game, it's crazy. That game, 17-13 in the fourth quarter, and then just all hell breaks loose, so to speak, right? And, um, no, nah, it's it's a huge – I mean, let's, let's be brutally honest. Huge disappointment. I mean, you're out of the national title hype. Hi- gone, gone. You know, bef- you know, what? August, October seventh or eighth, whatever the hell that game was. So you're done. So now, you know, uh, we say it all the time, right, Mike? The next game's the biggest, but <laughs> it's true. And we could get into this, but this SC game is 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 it almost like a little bit of the Clemson last year? Does it, you know, you know, get you rolling? People forget last year when they were three and three before this year's Ohio State game, Notre Dame was 10-1. and 1, And there 11 games before Ohio State going back to the Stanford game. So, you know, the rocky ship with Marcus Freeman got it rolling. The hype train's rocking. It's a top-10 battle in South Bend. A Hartman for Heisman. And you kiss all that goodbye. That's all done. <laughs> now it's literally, are we battling for the Holiday Bowl or the Gator Bowl this weekend or a legitimate Upset. I think it's an upset. I can't, I mean, we'll talk about this later. I can't believe Notre Dame's favorite, but uh, yeah. how in the hell that's happening, but we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, no, I mean, Mike, it's, it's literally because the rest of the schedule is, is horrible outside of Clemson Clemson's a name right now. They're not a football program. They're After USC. But yes, yeah. Three horrible teams. Clemson at home will be a dogfight, but you're looking at a legitimate 10 and two. Eight and four. That's what Saturday night's gonna turn into.
1: Goolsby, same question to you. Like just <clears throat> especially when you when you think about what this could have been this season.
2: Oh God, yeah.
0: When I think about what this could have been or what the Notre Dame fan base at large thought this could have been. So I, I mean, like I said, I wasn't uh I wasn't shocked that we lost to Louisville. Told you I thought it was I thought it was coming. Um, you know, Tim, my question back to you is like you said you're PO'd, you know, the the, the fan in you, you're pissed off coming off the Louisville loss, are you just pissed off in general? Are you pissed off at the, you know, the player's performance? You pissed off at the coaching? Could this could have been prevented, you know, d- dig into that.
2: Yeah. Yes. How's that? Yeah. Pissed <laughs> off of, you know what? I'll be honest. It's more so after rewatching the game, I, I I would love to know who in the world's on the headsets and I'm trying to be really nice here and not get angry, but it's like, who's on the headsets? Cause I'm just a you know, high school football coach, longtime junior college coach in Southern California. I, I know a little bit of football, and it's like, you're telling me you can't see certain things? When Notre Dame's in 11 personnel and they're spread out, they get yards. When you bring in three tight ends, you get no yards. It's not rocket science. That part, some of the Freeman quotes have really irked me when he says we weren't prepared. Well, you're the head football coach. You're in charge of this football team. Um, the, he, you know, when he said that, you know, that was, you know, that was a, you know, almost a kick in the gut. Like, well, why aren't you prepared? So, and I guess, Mike, it's still going this, you know, you said it on your show a week ago or two weeks ago, the right, you know, maybe it was after the Duke game, the ride or die with Freeman. And it's like, okay, you know, I guess, do we still sit back and accept some of these decisions, some of these things that are still happening? You know, the fan in me says you don't want to, but I guess reality is you're still gonna have some some issues like you know what we've seen the last couple of weeks, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you answered my question. You're pissed at the coaching staff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know just to hear, hear your response. Yeah, it's like it's interesting. The last few weeks, man, yeah, again, I talk about yeah, I live in the Nebraska Corn Husker territory. I live here in Omaha, Nebraska, and for years now, Tim, you know, I pay attention to the Huskers. I don't necessarily have a rooting interest in them, but they have found more creative ways to lose games than you could even wrap your mind around. Like, it's just like, Oh, I've never seen that. And I'll never see it again, but somehow they pulled it off, lost the game. It's like with some of Freeman's coaching decisions and then like the follow up presser, like the press conference, it's just like you, you scratch your head coming out of the game. And then when you get to the explanation, you're equally as confused, if not more so like, We've talked about checking out of a play, you know, oh. sending Sam up with an audible. It's crazy, you know, for a 26-year-old quarterback to – it's a lot to put on his plate. But, uh, you know, Freeman kind of – somebody – one of the first two questions in his last press conference, somebody asked something to that effect about audibling, and Freeman yeah. said, like, yeah, we can, but, you know, if you want to run the ball, sometimes you got to run the ball. And it's like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Check out of it, you yeah. know check to something different. So you see nine people, 10 people in the box. But, so yeah, some of this stuff is a bit perplexing, but. Um, well, let me ask you something there. Just, it's like, you know, cause I've been seeing, you know, this has been the, the hot
2: topic on the message board, YouTube and the comments. You're just seeing stuff on Twitter. Everyone's like audible, check out of it. But what do you check into when you're in four tight ends?
0: This is true. Like a hot
2: route to the tight end, a flat route yeah. to Eli Raritan who's been out a year. I mean, what do you, it's, it's like the, it's the, it goes back to this, you know, a lot of the personnel packages of, you it's also Marcus Freeman's two favorite buzzwords experience and multiple. He wants to be so multiple yet. He's so multiple. He's limited himself on what he could do in some of these things. Defensive coordinators aren't dumb. They know when you're in three tight ends, it's like the Ohio state game. They covered the heck out of that play action on that one fourth down where Hart, Hartman scrambled and fell an inch short. It was covered up. That's your be- basic standard. College football, Division One, you know, it's play better. action pass out of that. So only well, there was there was a there was a snap.
0: There was a snap against Louisville where we, I think we came out with four tight ends. We actually Ooh. went empty. We so, actually went empty, and then Mitch caught like kind of a deep drag.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So you can't do it. But what you're sure. saying, Tim, is they should be living more so in eleven spread a defense out versus. You know, clumping, congesting everything with those four extra that, blockers at a run line of scrimmage.
2: And just real quick on that, before my, uh, Singer jumps in, is, is that goes back to the run game the last couple of weeks when they have literally, Jeremiah is a stud. How he only gets five c- touches a game just,
0: I guess, I guess,
2: I've never Black watched experience. before in my life. It's, it's maddening. But the dude, every time he touches the ball, he gets positive yards. And he gets majority of his positive yards when they're two by two or a tight end slot, you know, a a true 11 personnel, it's where he gets the majority of his yards because you can't play all these dudes inside. So now it's one-on-one blocking and it's love versus one guy. If they have an extra guy, it's love versus one guy. Instead of 19 linebackers filling the A and B gap. So, you know, it's, it's a few things like that, which have been just frustrating to see this constant bang in your head of, we gotta play all these guy all these guys in the box. Sure. As Singer knows, I always say five linemen only block five guys. But the more you bring in, the more Raridan, who's been out a month, amazing how much he played and how much responsibility sure. he had on key blocks. The dude is in, hasn't played in a year and he's the key guy on three blocks minimum. On a Saturday night, I didn't think that was fair for
0: for Raritan to be put in that situation. And I talked to his father, who was a teammate of mine, actually lived two doors down from me in St. Edward's Hall. We we're both stedsman singer, <laughs> but um I was like, "When's Eli coming back? You know, is he going to redshirt?" This is at the Ohio State game. I bumped into Scott, his dad, and he was like, "Yo, he's healthy." He's trying to get his mojo back, right? He's come off two knees, and that's a very real part of being a competitive athlete in a physical sport. And to your point, Tim, he kind of got thrown to the wolves. Yes. You know, in a, in a, a so. big-time matchup against big-time edge defenders, it's like, yeah, you would have liked to see maybe a better way to kind of ease him into things, for sure.
1: Okay. Good stuff, boys. And we'll uh, continue to talk. Um, you know, Obviously, Notre Dame football here, and we'll get into USC in just a moment, but we are going to hear... Uh, from our sponsors over at Bird Dogs. If you're looking for a slim fit, comfortable, flexible, and also maybe stretchy shorts to rock, maybe some stylish pants, polos to improve your wardrobe, then you'll want to check out uh, today's sponsor, Bird Dogs. Uh, their stuff fits way better than the regular shorts that you that you might be wearing, which is made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Burden. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like the khaki, looks like khaki, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Go to birddogs.com slash BGI or promo code, uh, or just put, punch in b- promo code BGI for a hydro flask style water bottle with your order. That's BGI um, for the promo code or BGI, excuse me, birddogs.com slash BGI for a, a free hydrostat flask style water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you play a drinking game every time singer stutters during an ad read. take a drink you'll all be drunk by you know 10 minutes from now um boys so a good question here from joey says this might be a stupid question but why is notre dame favored by three which mm-hmm. kind of gets us into the next topic that i wanted to cover boys like i i was when i was sending you guys the the notes for the show i wrote how can Notre Dame pull off the upset? And I was like, well, shit, they're favored. I know. So, Tim, does this
2: surprise you that they're actually favored? And any, oh. any thoughts on, on this, like how, how Notre Dame could beat USC? Yeah, Joe, you're with me. How? I mean, seriously. Uh What is the latest line, Singer? I mean, is it? Two and
0: I a mean, half.
1: I saw one line got up to three on Odd Shark. No. Earlier today. So, so I, what did uh, it
0: open at, Singer? What did it open at?
1: So, it was – USC was a one point favorite in February odds. And then like a week when the, that's like the preseason odds. And then, you know, Sunday morning or whatever, it was, I think USC or Notre Dame two and a half. I can check it real yeah, quick, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Notre Dame minus two or two and a half, which is just wild to me. So my,
2: my first thought is, yeah, how? I, I have no idea. Um I get, but I guess at your standard NFL Field goal at home, right? You get your you get your your three points at home, and the rest of it's even. Um, obvi- I mean, we could talk about SC, and I mean, we know. I mean, they might have literally one of the five greatest college football players of all time. I mean, I, I might be hyperbole or something. Top ten, Caleb Williams is a dude. There are some things he does. It's like, how do you do that? They have skill all over the place. Their defense obviously is a train wreck, but then. Vegas isn't is never wrong, right? So it's like but what do they see in Notre Dame the last couple weeks that says well Notre Dame's going to beat them? Notre Dame is going to out how was I don't know. My my big question in Google's week to jump on this is Hartman and those receivers or Caleb Williams and his receivers. So Vegas thinks Hartman's going to outscore with his wide receivers at Notre Dame, USC. That's the that That, to me, is the big shocker, is they're obviously saying, well, Notre Dame's just going to get one more stop than SC can. That's what it sounds
0: like. Gentlemen, what happens when you assume, Singer, you know this expression?
1: Make what is it, make an ass out of me or whatever?
0: Makes an ass out of you and me, right? Yeah, there you go. So we all assume, justifiably so, Tim, that SC is going to hang what? 45 points, something like that, Right. But like if you look at the total points for the game like the over under total points is 60 and a half I think and that's come down I think that opened around 62 or something like that Yep yep current over under is 61 and a half Okay and I you know so it's like so play that out I mean if 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 USC is going to score 45 points you know we're going to come in with a measly you know whatever it is 17 or something like that they're projecting a lob it would obviously be a lobsided win in USC's favor, but then how could we be favored? Right? If the if you guys follow me there oh, with the we oh, Without a doubt.
2: Oh yeah, without a so, doubt.
0: But like, yeah, we can get into like hey Mike. Yes, sir.
1: People are talking weather. Weather's terrible. So you I hope that... some of
0: my thunder, no pun intended. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, weather's a thing. I mean, they got this stupid USC coach. They got their punt returner, Tim. I'm sure you've seen this video if you guys haven't seen it. Their punt returner, and they got this poor assistant coach, you know, mister, ball boy You got a mister to spray out there. water in his face as he's trying to – because they're prepared for – they're trying to prepare for rain. The temps are going to be in the 40s and the 50s. I mean, you will see those USC softies like with their winter jackets on. You'll see it. Speaking you know, of that. sleeves, you know. I just think it's so fun to come out here with Tim because – Tim, I know you're a Notre Dame fan, but oh, man. your second favorite team has to be USC. Just with your upbringing and where you grew up, it has to be.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be very honest. I have no issues with SC. It might, it might be yeah. just tons Pete of Pete Carroll was
0: good to you when you were a coach. Yeah. You know, Yeah, I mean. Oh, I man, yeah. It.
2: I mean, I've lived in those USC football. I have spent years when you add up all the time i spent in the USC football offices with multiple coaches. No, there are, I, have no I have no issues with them. I don't like them. Half of my friends are USC alums. Some of my great, um, geez, team parents I've had over the years are USC lawyers. If they're watching this, they know who I'm talking about. Um, a lot of good people, but man, nothing's better than beating those guys. There's no doubt about that. It's, man, it's awesome. I've been to some UCLA games decked out in Notre Dame gear, cheering on UCLA. That's been awesome. But uh, it's what funny. People about what Just real yeah. quick, a little Timmy Hyde story here. When I got out of the Marines, uh, many moons ago, in 1995, um, I have a relative that worked on South Bend for years. Went to the USC game in 1995. Man, Keyshawn Johnson was number five when he came to town, and uh, you're speaking all the entire sideline. You go, that's the Kenan Tatum famous goal line hit, knocks the ball out inside the five from '95, and uh, Ron Paulus and them go crazy. Mark Edwards, they went 38 to 10. The entire USC sideline, because it was like 38 degrees, which just bundled wrapped up in those you know scarlet uh parkas that's that's
0: good memory right there yeah yeah I was just gonna say what if Pete Carroll might have might have hired you had you not been an ND fan has ever crossed well he knew it too
2: he always he used to call me uh (laughs) he used to call me uh, Notre Dame Tim all the time so
0: that's funny well going back to how can Notre Dame pull it off or is the question is the current question singer why are they favored or are we to the point of how can they pull it off both okay so I think weather's a thing. Uh, USC is coming off of what a triple overtime win against the middling program in Arizona. They got to fly across the country. That's a thing, right? Um, I think overall, like it, again, I listen to a couple sports betting podcasts, and like they, they have so many data points. Um, we think we're bad at tackling, Tim. Oh, yes. USC is far worse. The last two games, USC's had 17 missed tackles each game. And this is against Colorado, against an Arizona, right? I agree. Uh, I don't think they have a Jeremiah Love in their backfield. Um, And then, like, looking at the Notre Dame side, Tim, I le- listen to this again. Shout out to Bet the Board podcast. Bet the Board, great sports betting podcast. 25% of our offensive snaps against Louisville, Tim, ended up in negatives. 25% of the time. So it's like it's Vegas just looking at our team, looking at Sam Hartman, et cetera, just the, the piecing it all together. And it's like if if Coach Freeman and the staff, which just kind of like if we could just get out of our own way, we can win the game. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. let's not go for yeah. it on fourth and 11 in our own territory, like stuff like that. Um, we got a good kicker, which is going to matter in these games, you know, at least if it's an over 50 arteries, good. So it's entirely reasonable, but I would think the big thing is the weather. And um, and
2: I'll say, uh, Mike, is road games. I mean, last year's Caleb Williams' worst game was on the road at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I think it was only 17-13. Lost at Utah. Um, struggled a couple of weeks ago with the ASU game, I think, was at Arizona State. That was one of those – slight. you know, the last couple of weeks, it, it, well, they had Colorado in there. But, yeah, they've sl- – I mean, they've just been sluggish. I th- I think another huge thing, you know, we talk about Vegas here is like, obviously Notre Dame. This is the tail end four straight um, games here against ranked teams, where SC hasn't played anybody. Nobody. Their strength the schedule is brutal. I mean, literally their toughest team is what Arizona, who they just. I mean Colorado, but they annihilated Colorado. Fell asleep. Colorado hit big plays, uh, just to get themselves back into that. But that thing was like.
0: So Tim, real quick. disappointed with them. Yeah, they blew Colorado out, and then Colorado came back, and we're not yes. taking anything away from Colorado either, right? Yeah. Um, and then they, they were kind of, they were playing patty cake with Arizona, and at the very end they took it seriously and won the game. Notre Dame and our last, you know, three-ranked opponents, Ohio State were in it the whole time. Duke were in it the whole time. Yes. And Louisville, we were in it till shoot, the fourth quarter, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just, I mean, I'm just telling you, I get the sense, and I've talked about this on the message board, that Caleb Williams is so talented, Tim, that he is just dicking around. He's just dicking around back then. Yes. He's like, let me see if I can do this, you know. (laughs) He's going to throw a pass. Tim, he's going to throw a pass behind his back before the season's over. Yeah, I mean, seriously, the one pass I've seen over and
2: over again is just the Colorado one where he's sitting back there for 22 seconds because he's bored. Colorado, no And he just scrambles and just throws the thing underarm, sidearm, back twisted 40 yards on a dime. And it's like, how? You know, we're trying to complete a 12-yard pass to Tobias, and it's a struggle. So it's like it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting.
1: Tim, what do you think about the the super chat on the screen here? Will will the defense line get pressure on Williams?
2: You want the honest answer? Uh,
1: <laughs> I do. Yeah. Give me, give me the in-season answer, Define, not the uh, in-season uh, answer. Define oh pressure. my God,
2: in-season answer? I mean, who? I mean, the Viper position is like, I mean, they haven't played with a Viper. It seems like ninety percent of the snaps this year. It's like, it's. I, I mean, Baptiste is the best pass rusher, which is crazy because USC's strength, believe it or not, is pass pro. So um, they're going. You know what they're going to do is Mike Goolsby is going to. He's going to love it. They're going to blitz the hell out of them probably. And they're going to try and plug up lanes and uh, corral them somehow.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process forward prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See
2: website for details. So I don't know how to answer as the pressure going to get to him. I mean Notre Dame has no dominant pass rushers this year. They had one last year a second round pick and he was non-existent.
1: So, so let's say we have co-defensive coordinators and Tim Hyde and Mike Goolsby at at the University of Notre Dame, and they're tasked to stopping this this USC attack. And you guys have Notre Dame's current players. Is it really just Mike a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, like trying to stop those guys?
0: Well, to go back to Joey's question, how do you pressure? How do you pressure Williams? Yeah. And I'm of the mindset, I don't know if I'm trying to pressure him. Cause if you go back to like last last year, we got beat. I mean, they beat us running the ball. Running right the ball. And the golden scheme, that's everybody's walked up at the line of scrimmage. All it takes is one flipper from a guard to some not if somebody gets knocked off their course, huge lane. that we got DJ Brown, God forbid, trying to make a, an open field tackle. So if if I'm the defensive coordinator, Tim, real quick. I'm picking my spots, but I, I'm going to try and hover more than I'm going to try and pressure. Like I might play three deep. I might decide to, you know, bring he like, he's already played that robber. Yeah. So we go some two deep and then he'll try and use a robber. Like what if I played three deep and I'm dropping my middle safety dependent on I'm rushing three and then I'm going to have three hands in the ground. We're going to rotate the hell out of our defensive lineman. Like I said, Bubakar Traore, get ready to play 5-10 snaps this this week. We're not going to burn your redshirt, but we just need fresh legs for this game. Because I can just remember Riley Mills just like – he looked like Brian Kelly, man. He was purple out there. Fucking win. And, yeah, I'm going to spy him, and I'm probably going to go – sometimes you go two-on-one in terms of playing man on a back, and I'm going to go two-on-one in terms of Caleb treating him as a running back. A lot of delayed blitzes. But I am not going to make my blitzes. I'm not going to declare my blitzes ten pre snap like we do.
2: The oh yeah, and they definitely yeah, yeah they love to walk. I mean, the big touchdown run they gave up. They show the blitz off the edge, and boom, the running back finds that crease because he knew where the hole was going to be. Nightmare. on that forty six yarder. One thing that I liked that Arizona did, and the head coach talked a lot about this, is I mean, they just played seven DBs. They put seven DBs all over the in place. And just said, cover, boom, beat us. They made him str- – I mean, they got up 17 nothing. Arizona doesn't have the, you know, the dudes to withstand those guys for 60 minutes. So I went to triple overtime. You know, they just they, – they sucked gas at the end. But they played seven DBs and said, screw rush. We're going to rush three, keep a middle backer in there for a little bit, and just frustrate the hell out dare them to run the ball.
0: So real quick, you know, you talked about that play you'd seen against, you know, Caleb running around there for 20 plus seconds, and then he decides to uncork it. It's like, yeah, it's like, can we get a shot clock uh, in college football somehow? But you're, you're right. And Arizona had a couple good-looking athletes. That defensive end number, I think it was 99. Mm-hmm. He was making some hay. But if to Tim's point, in terms of like kind of what I'm saying, hovering, playing coverage. If you make Caleb dance around back there and he's trying to find work, he's trying to find an open window, um, that's going to lead to more sacks, Tim, even if you rush three, because those offensive linemen, they don't know where Caleb is. You know, the way he plays the game and he wrote from one hash to the other hash, it's like, you know, you want bodies around. And at some point we're going to pull the trigger and come and go get him. You got to tackle, but. I, I pray, and I don't think it's going to happen, Tim, but I just pray that, yeah, that Golden can play a little bit of zone coverage as opposed to trying to heat him up. Yeah, just match I up. I think that Caleb wants you to come, and he slips. He'll slip right by you. He wants you to come try and tackle him.
2: Yeah. Well, no, he's, he's – he's, if anything, the offensive linemen are in his way. It feels like, <laughs> like, you guys get out of my damn way. You guys are clogging my lanes up. He just wants to run around and play – backyard football. It's recess.
0: Uh, yeah, it's recess. Yeah,
2: it, it, exactly. And he's just amazing with that. But it's like, yeah, pattern match underneath. His number one target's the slot. So, one thing. Notre Dame, believe it or not, did do seven DBs on a snap. I think I saw it even two times. They threw that out there. So, was that something they wrinkled with? Just a pinch on Louisville. And, and like I said, USC's number one wide receiver is the slot. Cam Hart played a A bunch of snaps Saturday night is the nickel. Obviously, Harper was out. So Hart was kind of the number two nickel on Saturday behind Clarence Lewis. And then Mickey was the outside corner with uh Morrison when they did that. So is that something that they'll do? Just like, hey, we're I think it's Taj Washington, the slot receiver, dude's fast as hell. Are we just gonna put Cam Hart on him? Because we've seen we've seen Thomas Harper try and run with slots, it's not fun. So this you know, do they mix that up? Is that a better, you know, play three corners, three true corners on the field instead of, you know, strong safeties and Ramon, Harper, DJ Brown, that type of thing. I,
0: I think last, last, last little note on this. I think, Tim, we agree. Play your athletes. Yeah. I mean, please play your athletes, guys that can run, guys that can tackle, you know, maybe you see a lesser of J.D. Bertrand. I mean, J.D. Bertrand's going to have a whale of a time. Caleb Williams is bigger than he is. He's twice the athlete. It's like, give me Jalen Sneed doing some sort of a spy role. I mean, you need Kaiser Sneed, Marist. I always focus on the linebackers, but we need guys that are long-ish, can flood passing lanes.
2: Sneed is key. That's a great point. He needs to play 25, 30. I mean, he needs to play a lot.
0: Can he play off the ball, though, and just kind of float, or do we need to walk him up in that Aztec? Yes.
2: just put him on the edge and just heat his ass. I mean, just—I mean, seriously, just let him go, man. I, I would put to do nothing. He reminds me so much of Jalen Smith. They did that with times of Jalen, where they put him in a three-point stance and special sh- situations and heated his ass. Do that with Jalen. Jalen could go.
0: Singer needs to grow up. Yeah. What, what's in the chat? I don't even dude, want to. You're know. saying you're saying heating heating uh, his uh, ass. Yeah. <laughs> saying nothing. It's hot blitzing. It, it, it's nothing. Uh, the other thing about Jalen, though, you know, they kind of got him just as a rusher, right? He just rushes upfield, or they'll do that little TE kind of scheme where he'll wrap around. Yeah, you know, this pass against Harris. Louisville, Tim. What does he weigh, 210 pounds, Sneed. Oh, God. You know, I mean, at this point in the season, is he 210? He looks bigger, though, man. Okay, for... call 215. Okay. He's lined up over a guard, the poor kid. They got Snead playing three technique, trying to rush the passer. And I know that they're trying to simplify it for him, but in that in this game, why can't you take an athlete like that and just say, "Hey, on this given, like throw him on the field, you're spying, And they're just that's it, you know. What I'm saying that's you're a great, a spy.
2: That's I mean, I mean, you know, they're going to put Mar. I mean, I'm sure that's the instant game plan. SC's even preparing for. Well, you know, number eight's going to be all over Caleb, so get ready for that. So,
1: yeah, what a key player is Maris Lefo in this game because if Maris plays a good Maris game. Well, I think Clemson last year, he he was outstanding, if I remember correctly. Uh, If he plays one of those games, like, it it seems like, yeah, because he's going to be key in in stopping Caleb Williams on the scramble. But if if he has one of those stinkers, that's going to be, that's going to spell bad news for for the Notre Dame defense.
0: Playing a spy, you remember that game, Tim. 0-2 at Tallahassee playing Florida State, Chris Ricks. You know, we played well all game at the very end. They brought in that backup quarterback, Adrian McPherson. Remember him? Athlete. Yeah, I think he could run. He could run. And it was like we were all tired. And I'm telling you, like, so if you see Marist missing a tackle against Caleb Williams, and believe me, I've given him no grace, Marist, but I'm going to give him a little bit of grace. I mean, that's a very difficult tackle to make. Yeah. You know, Caleb Williams, jitterbugging out there in wide open space. So, All
1: right, boys, we're going to talk about – when Notre Dame has the ball in just a moment. But let's hear from our sponsors over at the Rogue Shop. The husband and wife outfit as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shara craft cannabis farmers who speciali- specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic small type of business. They farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand. Check them out, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U shop.com. They sell everything from CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, vapes candles, soaps, and more. Uh, when you check out their website, they have this chat function where you can uh, you know, send a message to the owners of the website and they'll answer any questions that you have. Use the promo code blue and gold. That's one word, blue and gold, um, to get 10% off your order. So check them out over at rogueshop.com. All right. So we talked a lot about when USC has the ball, uh, but ghouls be like, what can Notre Dame do to fix this? the offense i mean they can't fix the personnel um other than just getting healthier or maybe you play like a jeremiah love in the slot some or i don't know i think that's about all you can get i don't know what else you can
0: do but um i don't i don't yeah you're saying game plan wise what do we do i've never i've seen the love in the slot thing and i think you talked to his father right on the phone no i did not Off the record. okay I know. Uh I was. I think I was. Yeah, I think I heard that elsewhere. <laughs> I don't like that move, Jeremiah. He's he's our best running back. Yeah, you know, he's our best running back as far as talent is concerned. So it's like now we're gonna. You know, you've seen Tyree struggle at times making you know semi difficult catches as a receiver. I don't like that move. Um, to Tim's point, we just and it's the same thing we talked about last year a lot with Coach Reese. Like you have to spread a defense out. So stop congesting the line of scrimmage. And I I called it ping pong, but I meant pinball. How many runs have you seen Audrick Estimate just pinballing around before he kind of gets to the line of scrimmage? So clear it out. You have to figure out some way to manufacture some yards in the passing game. I mean, Tim, I don't – you and I were on an island all offseason talking about our less-than-stellar wide receiver core, but they can't be that bad, brother. Like, they can't be this bad.
2: Well, not against uh, SC, so they're pretty bad in the back end. So Notre Dame could I think they're 118th, 120th, and like passing D, passing yards given up, something just atrocious. So but this could oh. this
0: could be this could be a dink and dunk. Last couple thoughts. Dink and dunk game from Sam. Yeah, yeah, Tim, you know SC. I feel like I know their culture. This is gonna be a stats game for them. They're gonna come in incredibly overconfident. They're gonna try and kick us while our down, while we're down. I could see like a screen draw type game here because they're their defensive linemen's just gonna try and get upfield, get stats. Their corners are gonna try and make picks. So if you can just throw little bubbles, you know, break a couple tackles, get some yak. And then I just watching that Arizona game, Tim, last thought. I mean, I think we could run for 250 yards on these guys. I do, I don't think they want to tackle, Audric Estimate. And a Jeremiah Love, I mean, he's a difficult difficult kid to bring down too
2: yeah i am a. i'm not a fan of all the running back stuff i mean i've been talking about that the last couple of weeks i'm like just play your dudes man it's 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 so frustrating um it, i mean we know, we know it's estimated the rotation, the
0: rotation you're saying is frustrating. oh god yeah.
2: yeah yeah i mean we don't need to see pain come in twice a game to run third and two we're okay with that you had your time you did some good things early on Boom, play your guys. If estimate can't run for third and two, then what the hell is he playing at Notre Dame for? It's like, come on, give me a break. Love is clearly the number two running back. He is legitimate. He could be your 1B if you want to call him that. I don't care. He's a stud. I have never been a fan of Chris Tyree as a running back, as a slot. I I don't understand why, why he's not catching five, six balls a game. Seriously. He is really good at running the little square ends those 10 to 15 intermediate, he has been good at these all damn year long. He's also, I I mean, going back to the NC State game, the big 65-yard catch he made was just a gadget play, but him breaking off his route, coming back, finding the ball, and going. I don't, for the life of me, that's been the biggest shocker in this entire offense, this entire football season, outside of the Viper position on D on offense, it's been Chris Tyree of just not saying he's, you know, the perfect slot or Wes Welker and things of that nature, but just small things. And they tried that last game. They tried to give him a quick dump. Do that three times a game. Motion. I've been stunned they don't motion him constantly because the guy is fast as hell. So every DC, when they see him out there, knows that's the fastest guy on the field. Yet we don't see him just motioning a wheel route, a motion to something. Because when he moves, the the dude's fast, as we know. Someone's got to account for him, and we haven't seen that. So his numbers, his snaps have been really down. He's an intermediate, quick out. And this is going back to – I go back to the very first series in the Louisville game, one of the best plays. And they've done this every game. They've done at least one true RPO where Hartman reads it and he throws it. The second play of the game, the quick speed out, the the Rico Flores – They should sit in 11 personnel and just dump that to Chris Tyree three, four times a game. It's open. But then they're going back to my Marcus Freeman buzzword, and I'll get off this, is the multiple. And you see it, Mike. It's every single play there's an – In and out. In and out. I mean, these guys run more in and out than they do get yards on the field. It's maddening. So (laughs) it's like, no wonder we got pulled hamstrings. Everyone's running off the field 17 (laughs) times a game. So you're getting tight. And it's, it. That's exhausting.
0: Yeah. So we we agree, Tim. Kind of spread him out. Yes. Quick game. Tyree. When he, by the time he's done, what a fascinating career he will have had. Right. Yeah. It's like we what could have been at running back, what still could be at wide receiver, and he's you know he's just going to have a nice little NFL career. You know he is.
2: Yeah. Said yeah. That. To your
0: point, let's. let's get him quick game, make you miss. Versus, we're trying to throw forty yard bombs to him, right? Um, he
2: can catch. That's the thing. I know we I know we've talked about him as a He runner. looks way better is, than I thought he would. No, exactly. And then you've said that on your show. He has really, really been good at 15 to 8, you know, 18 in catching. He's really been good this year. So he has shown he could play wide receiver in certain roles in certain pass games.
1: I want to jump in here real quick because Tim, I remember a specific conversation um in the offseason. I was like, I love Tyree from the line of scrimmage. To 15 yeah. yards, but I do not want to run four verts with Chris Tyree and you yeah. know, him running down, you know, 30, 35 yards or something.
2: Yeah.
1: Nor do I want him on the slot fade. No, I thought I mean, that was a perfect ball by Sam Hartman, um, where the ball needed to be.
2: Yeah, he twisted uh, his arms, but that's an entire life of playing tailback. So that's hard to pick up in six months and 20,000 balls on the jugs machine. But no, I I do. I mean, you talked about that back in May or June when we started breaking down the team where you're like, let Tyree run circles around people. Let let him cook, like do more with him
1: in the short game, five yard outs, bubbles, jet screen, like motion games, like you guys are talking about.
0: And I think Tim too, an important note, this goes back to the Vegas line and maybe the explanation behind that again, like if we, and I mean, we, like if the staff can just kind of get out of their own way, yeah. it's like, you're, you're not what you're calling for, Tim, isn't things that you haven't seen throughout the season thus far. Exactly. You're not asking them to install something that is completely foreign to the offense. Yeah. It's
2: almost like, and, and this is another puzzling thing going back to some of the things Parker said in the summer and the players said when training camp started or Stuckey said in his press conference was because you know they it's almost like they went out of their way to say "Oh, we kept everything the same we don't want to we don't want to mess it up well go back to 2021 for crying out loud Jack Cohn, they lived in 11 personnel they didn't have 12, 13, all these tight ends out there. They did that last year because they didn't have a true slot. They didn't, I mean, they're, they didn't have, they have more wide receivers this year and you're not utilizing them. 2021, you had Avery Davis, you had Kevin Austin on the outside, you had Lindsay on the outside, and you could rotate in the freshman Colsey Styles. It's almost like, go back to the offense of 2021 with Jack Cohn and let Sam Hartman do some of that stuff. that thats That's why I had the prediction of I I thought one game Hartman was going to go ballistic and get 500 yards like Jack Cohn did because they were going to do tempo. I mean, I mean, do you remember that? That was some of the the early part with Jack Cohn was getting to learn Jack Cohn. Once they learned Jack Cohn, they're like, hell, he's really good RPO, quick game, tempo. and And everything started to take off the second half of the season. Man, fingers crossed that that happened starting Saturday, moving forward and get all get out of this smash 12, three tight ends. We, Notre Dame, we know you're tight end. you. We know you have tight ends on the roster. You don't need to play them every snap.
0: Tim, so we talked about offensively thus far, primarily you're focused on the passing game. What would you change in the the run game?
2: Uh, easy, love 15 <laughs> carries, <laughs> estimate yeah. 15 carries, high five then, yeah. there's your 30 carries a game. Go have fun. Forward, you're on special teams. Payne, we'll see you when we see you. Price, keep resting your Achilles. We'll see you 2024. Um, that's I mean, there's 30 carries right there. The yeah. the run the run game's been the run game has been good with one tight end on the field. That is something I went back and charted l- late last night after you and I were texting talking defense. I sat down below and just started just charting down my notes of what worked. Notre Dame had one run, one positive run, meaning four plus yards. And 12 and 13 personnel saturday one that's it and it's like all these positives in 11 and that's going back to my opening like who's up in the booth all these gAs and analysts do you not chart what's working to give to coach parker cuz he's so busy mind trying to he's he's thinking down a distance second and seven what's my chart third and two what's my chart and then they have to roll from that but run game's been fine they're pin and pull the pulls have worked believe it or not they Run those with uh love though. Estimate Estimate would have five more touchdowns if he could read a guard because there are huge holes outside. I would give those to um to uh what's his name? Yeah,
0: I, I don't feel like that we've seen love make a lot of hay on outside runs. No. And he's just it's so funny when you see the way the love's play speed versus estimates. I mean, it's like somebody's hitting the fast forward button. I mean it's different. He is different. I and mean, you yes. kind of saw that you saw that in high school. Going back to Parker though, based out of eleven or twelve or thirteen or fourteen, you get the sense that like if something doesn't quite work, like the multiple tight end sets, that's kind of like his binky. You know what I mean? Like that's like it's almost like a tick that he has. It's like, oh, it didn't work. Like we need more bodies to 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 block it up. And you're saying the complete opposite. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: And it does work because it worked last year. Obviously, you all remember Mm -hmm. the cleansing game. Um, It's worked in multiple games for them. But just because it worked then doesn't mean it's going to work now, so to speak. And it's just just a numbers game. I mean, it's, it's a numbers game. The more you bring in, the more they bring in, and especially Mike and you know this damn well. Both of you guys do. Is if you don't have a dude on the outside, so if you're going all these, you know, you're going twelve, you know, uh, you know, two tight ends, you still got a couple receivers out there. But if those dudes can't vertically stretch your corner and stress a corner, who gives a damn? All of a sudden, you count the free safety in the picture, and it's dude. There was plays the other day. There was ten in the box versus eight. They didn't care. So they just walk their free safety up so tight. So until they get a guy on the outside, that's why you just got to spread them out and make them respect covering four guys instead of really one or two.
0: I also think last thought on the whole thing, holistically, offensively, Mike, love to see a little bit of play action. And I know that our receivers aren't the, the, the burners that we hope they were. We know sc has got talent on defense, Tim. But uh, this is just me being a fan or whatever, just kind of knowing that Southern Cal culture over there—they're going to get a little bit lazy, especially with their eyes. Like we still need to give Sam opportunities to push the ball. I'm, I don't know if Tobias is going to catch it or who's going to be down there on that route, but I just—I just feel like the way that they play, very undisciplined. Yeah. Um, what are they? They're 112th in the country in yards per game. Up to this yeah. point, they haven't really played anybody.
2: No, you're so. right. No, that's, that's going back to the Vegas. I, 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 mean, their schedule's been atrocious. They, I mean, their toughest team is what you know. Obviously, Colorado's a good football team, but no, I mean, Arizona, Arizona
0: was playing their backup quarterback team too.
2: And really, you know what? And you brought up the culture, and this is true. Since Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, I mean, they, I mean, he would grind. He's an NFL guy, so they're physical. I mean, you played against those guys, you know that. They're physical, well coached.
0: Physical, they weren't that physical.
2: But they're big, and but they, yeah. It's I, I guess you could be physical. You have you Bush Bush. Them.
0: Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, I don't push you, run
2: all over anybody. So he's not yeah. physical. But but the culture with him, they're really good on D, really good front seven guys all the time. And then once he left, the really the the talking points around high school coaches and all the coaches in SoCal was USC became a seven on seven team. They mm-hmm. did with Sark and Kiffin, or they just want to throw the ball over the place. And you're, you're obviously seeing that now. Boys, is, I want to
0: I no, do one it. One second, like a... Mike. One second. Gosh yep. darn it. Go ahead. Tim, seven on seven has become like a pivotal piece of the recruiting mm-hmm. puzzle that people don't know. But seven on seven is leading to the missed tackles. Oh I mean, yeah, These kids are like, they're learning such poor habits. In that seven on and seven on environment, and like you're seeing what it amounts to or what the end result is now. Anyway, well, sorry, Singer. No,
1: you're good. Go um, kind of talking a big picture approach on the Dame's offense. I want to get more into like quickly before we we get into the uh, a more holistic approach on the the season in general. I want to look at this game before we move on. So we know USC's defense bad. This is according to AccuWeather at nighttime Saturday. 44 is looking like the, the weather, uh, the real feel is 31, um, yeah. whatever that means. Um, two hours of precipitation, uh, 14% probability of thunderstorms, 71% chance um, of or uh, the probability of precipitation. It says considerable cloudiness with a passing shower or two and breezy. Well, uh, I real- hope
2: it's worse than that. I was right. going to say, Mike, the feels like is – that's the wind chill. The, the feels like yeah, – yeah, yeah, 31 degrees is freezing. <laughs> so well, it is going to be cold as hell if
1: that's accurate,
2: obviously. So yeah, that,
1: that sounds good. So, Tim, like do you expect like Notre Dame to have like no problem? It, look, USC's defense is bad, but we're talking about if it is a rainy night, that's going to affect USC. Well, also is going to affect Notre Dame and, um, and what they're wanting to do. So how do you see it playing out when Notre Dame has the ball?
2: But also real quick with, yeah, when Notre Dame has the ball, USC's strength, believe it or not, is, I mean, they're number one in the country in tackles for loss. Texas A&M and SC are tied number one in the country in tackles for loss. Going back to Goolsby's point, they want stats. Those dudes are going to get in a gap and blow up field and try and get their stats, and then they're going to get their ass trapped a few plays later, and they don't care because they got three tackles for losses. And I believe they're top five in sacks. So they are getting pressure from their front. The rest of it's been a train wreck. So, I, man, I just, I, man, I, what are they seeing sometimes? These coaches, it's like, it's easy to say spread, but it's worked. Just isolate Evans in seam routes and outs. He is the dude's an all American. He he's he's turning into the second best tight end in the country. We all know Bowers is on his own planet. So, just keep working Evans. And let Tyree play a ton and just rotate love and estimate. And you know what? And real quick on Hartman, he got his worst game like ever. <laughs> so, you know, when you go back to his ratings and his his QBR was 30 something percent. 30 something percent. 50 is baseline is average. 75 plus, which he's had most of his games this year, is playing is considered winning football. So he was 37. By the way, that was his lowest game since 2020, Louisville. So the dude's had 10 turnovers in two years against Louisville. He he doesn't like playing against Louisville, obviously. So hopefully he doesn't have to ever travel to Bourbon Row again, and he's going to come out
0: and play some real football this week. Ghouls? What's the question, Singer? How is weather going to affect ND?
1: Yeah, just like your expectations for Notre Dame's offense, like, because you have the weather, but you have USC's bad defense, but maybe not so bad, maybe more in the the back end of things. Like, what do you expect to see when Notre Dame has the ball? I'm going to try and
0: paint a picture for the audience. <laughs> Tim, didn't you tell me you were watching some Dick Buckus documentaries and things this past week or so?
2: Seriously, that's, I, I think I've watched, a, I mean, my God, that's, that's all I agree. I mean, I agree. I mean, you're I mean, you're a Chicago guy, so obviously he's mm-hmm. bigger than Chicago. Him and Sweetness, Walter Payton, MJ, Michael Jordan, Ernie Banks. I mean, there's some legends, but Buckus, man, I grew up obviously in downtown L. El- so SoCal, and um, man, my dad idolized Dick Buckus. I can't tell you, I mean, NFL films we used to watch a dip, Dick Buckus. So yeah, well, I was, we were,
0: I, was I was talking. Most of my buddies are from Chicago, a few Southside guys. You know, in every picture you see, it Buckus is freaking bloody knuckles covered in dirt. The film, Tim, it's grainy. It's like, did these guys? Did the sun ever come out during Buckus's career? You know, the film you watch, and it just blends into like who he was as a as a as a character yeah. as kind of a football god, as it were, right? Like yes. pretty formative for me. So, like when I think about this weather for this game, going back to like painting that picture. It's like you want to turn this into a fistfight. So I think offensively it's going to be like a Clemson thing. Yeah. You know, Freeman kind of had his back against that wall Clemson last season. Yes. And we just beat the piss out of them. It's like in USC they don't want to get into a phone booth and it's frustrating because you're like, "Come here, let me get a hold of you." And it's tough. So that's it's two different styles, it's two different atmosphere or attitudes, it's two different cultures. And I just think that that's going to be the approach is that Clemson game. And we're just going to try. And, and I think that's where you see the under, you know, the 60 and a half points kind of make sense, but that's what Freeman's going to turn it into. And I think there's going to come a point in time, Tim, where Sam's going to make two or three clutch throws, but we're going to get back to Audric Estime, And I, and I could see it. And, you know, fellas, it's just a matter of time. Jeremiah Love might break out. Like, it's just a matter of time. I I hope, because I
2: think that was one of the first things we talked about in our Navy post-game show. Singer was like, hey, you know, what Do you think of the game? I'm like, uh, please give love 15. I mean, my, oh, I mean he jumped out against Navy. I was just like, oh, my God, way better than I ever expected. It's just – I remember saying in our post-game show, the best play of the game for me was a nine-yard run because he it was duo, and he cut back. And he grinded out nine yards, something that was missing last year. Uh, Tyree and Logan Diggs didn't do that type of stuff. Estime Estime's gotten really good at it this year, but man, I love that guy. Feed that son of a gun. Feed those two guys because uh, uh, just real quick on Love, he I think he would, did the players press conference. No, it was, maybe it was last week going into Louisville, and he you know someone asked him what hey you know what, what do you think of Estime as a leader, and he just said hey I'm sucking it up and it. This is his last semester here. So he threw that out last year, you know, last week, you know, so we we only got what four or five games left with Audrey guest So enjoy him and run his ass into the ground.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's my two cents. I think it's, they're going to try and turn it into a, a fist fight. And I think the weather blends into it. And I just think if you're a Freeman, it's such an easy narrative all week at practice, Tim, you got these pussies coming out here from the West coast, you know, we're out here grinding and that's what I'm saying. It's, that is – but that, man, man, Mike, I'm getting chills. Is, they do not want to tackle, Audrick Estime. They do not want any of that smoke, that's, and Mick Evans will break a tackle or two. Hey, I'm, I'm going to just nostalgia, but that's what makes
2: this game. Oh, yeah. You played in these, Mike. This is I, – I, I know there's rivalries and things of that nature. Dude, there's – SC Notre Dame is just legendary. Just the, how it started is it's legendary. It's not – Two guys in the same state, okay, big deal. We already know that's a, a rivalry. But you got Rockney's like, hey, let's go out to L.A. and hang out and play, hang out in Hollywood, and just boom, it blew up. And the games that these programs have had, the the legends. I mean, we all know the you know the pregame hype video that starts two minutes before every game, and dude, there's filled filled with legends between these two schools. But it's L.A. and st- crappy South Bend, Indiana, versus Hollywood. And it is awesome. It is two massive cultures just clashing once a year, and there's nothing like it.
1: All right, last topic, uh, quickly, boys. And this is difficult to kind of discuss right now because so much of the answer depends on the USC game. But just like your thoughts on... The, re- the outlook for the rest of the season, Notre Dame sitting at 5-2 right now. I mean, it, as Ghoulsy likes to say, you bring in Sam Hartman to make the playoff. That's obviously gone at this point. But can you still like salvage a, a pretty good season
2: out of this? Tim, I'll go to you first. You beat SC. I mean, it, yeah, you beat SC. You're going to go into the bye. You give the guys rest, and you come back, and you play pit, and go on the road, get another bye. And then the last two are scrimmages, basically. So yeah, I mean, you're looking. Man, I hate that I, I love that word Super Bowl, I guess, but it's like this is literally the, the another South Bend Super Bowl, so to speak. And if they win this game, they're ten and two. If they're not ten and two after an SC win, then something freaking happened because there's no reason why this team can't do that. If they lose this game, Mike, you know. Guys, it's Notre Dame. There's no, you know, there's no conference title. There's no this. There's no that. It's playing, getting ready for a mid-tier bowl. Guys, start figuring out: Do I want to go to the NFL draft? Do I want to come back? Am I a grad transfer? That type of crap seeps in. Then you're looking at eight and four and playing in the Holiday Bowl against Oregon State, right? So, um, man, this this, this is a biggie, fellas. This is a biggie. Goals. Cool.
0: Yeah, I've always said, Singer, it's one game at a time. You'll yeah. never get me to, like, elaborate beyond that, I don't think. But context always matters, Tim, you know, Singer. So if we lose, how did we lose? Is it coaching, boneheaded, like, yeah. oversights or, like, decisions? Is, you know, like, if you don't see anything change, like, offensively, You know, if we're going for it on fourth and 11s, you know, we don't have 11 guys in the field on the goal line. If it's stuff like that, it could get ugly quick. You know, if if we compete and Caleb makes one or two more plays than we do, that's a whole different story if you lose. But I'm telling you, I think we can win. That's why I wore this shirt. This is an old clubbing shirt from when I was in my 20s, you know, believe. And it's like that we – Like, it, and you guys know me, my audience have been watching for three years. I tend to be, you know, glass half empty. I just tend to be more realistic. And I'm sitting there going, we hung with Ohio State, we hung with Duke, and, you know, back to back to back, and we hung with Louisville. just the way that we ended, it was just like, what the hell? the way that we lost. So it's like, we're not that bad. I mean, and I just think coaches, just let the players play. Let's let's not overthink this. I think they can definitely win. win. I, I
2: mean, they they definitely could win because you know me, I'm sour and I'm a, a quarter glass full right now, I guess. And it's like I'm I'm more as as I've, as I've started to sit back. It's just like I think last week was really freaking Sam Hartman, and Sam Hartman meaning Louisville. The dude is stunk against Louisville. It is the boogeyman. Dude, seriously, his QBR last week was 27.1. In 2020, His, which, by the way, is the only time Sam Hartman has had under a 50 QBR rating, which ESPN does, the only time he's had that since Louisville 2020, the COVID year. That's Mm -hmm. it. Every other time Sam Hartman's ever played quarterback is 50 above, except for three games and they're all Louisville. It's nuts. So – Man, fingers crossed, the weather, the crap, and Al Golden figures out a way to not blitz J.D. 17 times in the cross dog, and Caleb goes nuts and man, win by one and go into the into the bye week, getting ready for a mighty pit. Isn't
1: sports just such an interesting thing? Like the Ohio State game, we're, we're thinking, oh, Notre Dame's about to win this game, and uh, we're going to throw a party <laughs> on our live stream. And then they lose, and now it's a sorrowful one. And Duke was the same way when we had a party. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, you beat USC. It's like, all right, you're six and 6-2. You just beat USC. Let's go 10-2, and two, win a New Year's Six game, which we haven't done in a long time. Or you use, you lose to USC, yeah. and then uh, it is time to fire everyone again. Well,
2: go ahead. Do I have a point off as singers? Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, just to bounce off uh, Singer, there is, yeah, this is big because, because if you, I mean, this is just going back to me and Goolsbee's talks during the spring and summers and stuff like that. Of, you know, we always talk about the big three, obviously. So if you lose this game, you're right back to where you were last year, and it's like, you know, where you lost to SC, lost to Ohio State two years in a row. You know, can you get one of the wins, which is Clemson this year, and that's going to be tough because it's on the road. You win this game. It's, you're just mentally like, boom, we got SC, we got a top ten team, you know, all that good uh, junk as they move forward. And if you lose this, man, it's, I mean, I mean, it's going back to the man at the top, Marcus Freeman. You, what the heck is back to back eight and fours? I'm, I'm just saying that. I mean, if it ends eight and four, let's say they lose this and another one, back to back eight and fours. Where is this program trending going into year three? Because next year's big three. Next year is you got USC on the road, which is never easy in Los Angeles. On the road to start against A&M, I watched that game last week. They got freaks. So, they'll you know, whether they figure out or not, they got freaks. And then they're going to have Florida State, and we know where they're trending. So those are the big three next year. Plus, Jeff Brom brings Louisville to South Bend next year. So, you know, the
0: rest of the schedule is pretty easy. Ghoul's closing thoughts? Tim, oh, is this – are we wrapping this up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tim, you're nuts, man. You're already thinking about – we're playing USC this week, dude. You're talking about next year playing, you know – Talking about next year if it's back-to-back. We're to back playing USC this week. Back-to-back eight and four. Oh, I'm fired up for Saturday. I can't, I can't wait. I love SC. Guys. Here's my locker room speech. Who's our alpha, Tim, on the team? Do we have an alpha? Mm-hmm. Howard Cross would probably be the name that I would throw out, but I don't know if he has that presence or, like, that, you know, vocality, if that's even a word. Who's our alpha? It ain't Sam Hartman. I'll be honest. It's it sounds like you read some of the quotes
2: and things that people say. It it really sounds like it's Joe Alt a lot. Hmm. From you know from what I've heard or at least read you know reading uh, you know some of the clippings and things of that from press conferences. So I, it sounds like he rallies guys. Obviously, estimates is a big voice in there. As okay. well. Um,
0: Hart seems to be a quiet guy. You know, obviously JD. JD, JD will make a great play and just go back and get up back to the huddle like nothing even happened. I just I, you know I <laughs> exactly.
2: But you're yeah, right. He's that
0: who's that fire. In this game, it's like I can I'm just going into the culture thing. And I'm I haven't been wrong often, singer. I haven't. They are going to come in super confident. They're going to be like – Caleb Williams isn't even worried about the defense. He's worried about what he's going to put on his fucking fingernails. Like, what's he going to paint this year? I promise you, they're going to come in laughing. They're going to come around, dance around the stadium. It's going to happen. And it's like, that's your chance just to be like, this guy mocked you last year. You won him a Heisman Trophy. They got to come play in the cold. I'm telling you, I don't think they're going to take us seriously. I don't and oh, i think I'm, it's, I'm sure it's an gonna excellent be. opportunity to get back to who you are that culture piece offensive line defensive line uh and go take the lunch money
2: i bet you they're stunned i bet you they're shocked right now like how the hell are we an underdog to these guys so i bet you that's their mindset
0: with lincoln riley all right that, well, not, be- i disagree not the players not the players believe me tim not the players Those kids are laid up smoking something right now, clowning Notre Dame. I promise you. Well, they're clowning him, I'm sure.
1: All right, Goolsby, I got a couple super chats. I'm going to let you go um, because we kept you longer than uh, I told you we would. So, uh, Goolsby, I appreciate your time tonight, man. Great stuff tonight. Thanks,
2: fellas. I know he doesn't like it, Mike, but is there a score prediction? But you, if if you're going the odds, it's, what, 61 and a half. What is it? You going Give under or... I'm no
0: good at math, gentlemen. Give me a Neither second. Neither am I. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm going to say 38, 31-28 Notre Dame. Ooh, I like that. Look at that. I'm going to write that down. I like that. Caleb's going to throw some picks. Ooh. He's been sacked eight times the last three games. I'm just telling you, uh, like you said, Tim, you played enough coverage. You got enough older guys in the back end they have a lot. You know, one of those guys has just got to be drooling, whether it's Ramon, whether it's DJ, whether it's Xavier, whether it's Clarence Lewis, you know, Cam Hart. Like, I want to pick off this Heisman Trophy winner. I could see it happening. I'm fired up now. I'm hyped. See? I'm hyped.
1: Thanks, Ghouls. I'll see you guys. You got it. All right. He's the best. Uh, Trash says, Love the show. As always, boys, NBC should zoom in on Caleb's fingernails as soon as they get to see if he continued his ritual. Won't find the NFL. I think Tim and I have talked about this before, and Trash, you asked this question before. We do not care what he puts on his fingernails. I don't ever want to talk about someone's fingernails on the show. So, Trash, appreciate you. You're the best. I don't want to talk about his fingernails. It's just it's, it's so dumb to me. You
2: know, I may not fly in the NFL, but Caleb doesn't care.
1: Yeah. And Caleb will go play in the NFL, and we'll see what happens with his fingernails then. Don't. Yeah. You know. Appreciate your trash. William says, guys, you all played football. How does this team carry this soft mindset on the road the past two weeks? I, lo- I used to love going on the road and ruining other teams' Super Bowl. It's like the whole team is shook. Tim, you got – uh William, really appreciate the $10 donation here. Tim, do you have any thoughts?
2: Well, I don't think they had a soft mindset when you go 95 yards in two minutes to win at Duke and just yank their life away from them in that stadium. I no, I, I think that's a pretty strong mindset to go down there and, and, and finish that out. Last week was turnovers. It was it was just turnovers. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's really what it was. Turnovers, man, and I'll be honest with you, it's a couple bad blocks and a couple bad run fits. It literally was just five, five, six plays that were key. What's crazy real quick is some of those offensive linemen that have been getting ripped had their highest grades on PFF against Louisville. Huh. Zeke and Rocco and pass blocking – Joel Alt, I think, had his best pass blocking grade, yet all we remember is him getting pancaked on one play. He kicked butt the rest of the night. Fisher was middle of the road. Coogan, uh, Rocco had low run blocking grades. Oh, Zeke and Rocco had lowest, their lowest run blocking grades, pass blocking they're sky high, their highest of the year. So it was just a man, it was a roller coaster of a handful of things that went wrong against Louisville.
1: All right. I'm gonna say something one more one more thing, and I'm gonna sign off the stream. Listen to me, Notre Dame fans. I understand that you're frustrated that Notre Dame is losing football games. Do not. Do not. I'm going to go full screen on this one. Tag or, or respond to tweets that have recruits tagged. Like a like. I posted an article about a recruit, right? And his, his Twitter name was in there. Don't respond. And be like, why would you even want to go to Notre Dame? And you're a Notre Dame fan. Guys, don't do stupid, stupid stuff on social media. Don't look like an asshole on social media. I had a guy, a Notre Dame fan, say that to do 9 on Twitter today. And I'm, I'm like, how, how stupid are you? Don't, don't do that. I know you can't control what other Notre Dame fans can do, but I have a platform. And I'm going to tell you guys, don't be an asshole on Twitter. To Like, with recruits watching you. It does absolutely nothing. You're not a fan. You're a piece of trash if you do that. And I hope that you never watch me on YouTube or talk to me on Twitter. Like, just block me. Just just stay out of my mentions on Twitter. Like, just, I I can't see that. I will lose my mind if I ever see that again. Don't be an asshole on social media. And stop selling tickets to USC fans. All right. (laughs) Hey, yeah, exactly. Go Irish and just like, yeah, like just, just be a fan. Like just, just yourself,
2: guys. For, uh, I mean, I mean, Mike, you've covered recruiting for a dozen years or whatever it's been. And it's like, first of all, these are teenagers. And it's <laughs> like, these are high school kids. I work at high school. It's like they're high school kids going saying stuff like a high school kid. I, I've never understood. I've never understood people doing that i i I guess you could you know may a positive one but it's like yeah it's not like they're high school kids first i i i don't think i've ever tweeted to a high school kid hey congrats it's like no he's a high school kid he'll get his congrats when he comes to notre dame and he's a college student
1: just yeah don't tweet recruits that's the number that's that's uh, my number one consensus but if you are don't be an asshole it's ridiculous but anyways Um, we're going to sign it off there with a a rant that I did not prepare. I don't even know how I came to that, but uh, Tim and I have to record another video, our final thoughts, observations and predictions video. Um, And then uh, I got a stream tomorrow morning, 10 30 AM Eastern time where uh, myself and Kyle Kelly, will talk some Notre Dame recruiting. Um, I was actually on the road seeing deuce night this past Friday. So we'll watch footage from that. Talk about that experience and, uh, and much more in the world. of Notre Dame recruiting Tim live on the show Saturday night. Saturday
2: night, a quick, just a quick, a quick singer 30. How was, uh, how was Deuce? Just quick, you know, a couple of little sets. Seven
1: and nine, two drops. So that's, that's pretty good. Played a half of football. They're up 48 nothing. Um, you Tim, you'll have to, you'll have to tune hey, in. Hey, is he Deuce's taller, fantastic. Than, you? He really is he taller than you? Significantly taller than me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, Tim, I'm, I'm six, two and a half, 240. That's nine. what I'm, I'm saying. A, I'm a big speaking. dude. I'm a big dude. When I saw him, I was, holy shit.
2: That's all there's I only a know.
1: few people I've seen where I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's he's six five and he's long wow. and he's lean, but like he's lean and like you can tell that you would rather have him lean because just you know yeah. the should be able to get him wherever he's they want. To.
2: He's only a junior in high school, he's got a long way to go. So I love
1: uh, that. 10 a.m. eastern time, Thursday morning, myself with Kyle Kelly fellow blue and gold recruiting guy. will talk some Notre Dame recruiting. So we're going to sign off there. Appreciate you folks for watching. And as always, we will catch you guys next time. plus.